let's do this. I'm excited for this one. I am. It's been a while. It's been the hurricane kind of screwed yeah. us up despite uh, it not giving us uh, actual damage. Yeah, which is good. I'm not complaining. But anyway, you were listening to Give Me Five podcast episode ninety nine. Ho, 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 ho. I got 99 problems, but a podcast ain't one. Nice. Rob made a hip-hop reference. <laughs> I did. I made a dated uh, hip-hop reference. 33 seconds in, and I'm speechless. This is the Gimme Five Podcast, a semi-entertaining show about very entertaining things. We talk about pop culture, nostalgia, movies, music, theme parks, and since we live in Florida, the occasional story about someone pulling a gun on a fast food cashier because their hamburgers were too cold. Mm, or you could right. just ask to warm them up a little. But hey, some people take their burgers very, very seriously. Don't you yeah. mess with my burger. I agree. My name is Greg. I'm joined by Rob. Hola. Roberto. Roberto. And Jimmy. I'm Aaron Mankey, and this is Lore. You are not Aaron Mankey. Oh. And this is not Lore. Yes, this is Jaime. You're going to get us yeah. sued. Yeah. We are back. We took a little bit of a hiatus, not on purpose, mm -hmm. but we had this hurricane that didn't show up, which is good. It did, of course. Decimate the Bahamas, so if you have the ability to donate and help out the fine people of the Bahamas, by all means, please do. Yeah, and do, folks, do, do your research. Uh, I just wanted to make a, a note of that real quick, guys. You, you really can't go wrong with the Red Cross. Mm -hmm. um, so just be careful what you're doing, please. Money is actually easier for them to transport to buy stuff that they need mm -hmm. versus like trying to ship cases of water. But we ended up taking an ex – we took a week off, then we came back, and then we took another week off because everyone's schedule got screwed up. We like – they had to shift all sorts of things, so it was just not possible for us to record and or edit, but we are back. We apologize for the week off. Hopefully you didn't miss us too much, but I in did. the time that we are off, uh, it was a really good couple weeks of, for fantasy. So we're going to cover uh, the Dark Crystal Age of Resistance tonight. We're going to cover Carnival Row on mm -hmm. Amazon Prime, and a little known fact, Jimmy told me about a fantasy he had involving wrestling Kevin James in a kiddie pool full of cottage cheese and we're going to discuss that ad nauseum like 45 minutes wow. of just that mm -hmm. yeah it was a wow. very deep fantasy also as promised we are going to continue talking about good old cheesy stuff from the 80s and this week we cover one of my absolute childhood favorites it is gi joe the movie from 1987 does it hold up is it racially insensitive because everything else we've covered is and did it still give me the same, you know, yo Joe kind of feel when I watched it? How's that again? Rah! That. <laughs> Sorry, I stepped away for a second. What? What did you say? Rah! Did anyone else? Anyone else need it? Wait, what? Are we doing? Okay. After we get done, of course, we come up with a top five list relating to our topic. And as the GI Joe movie has a celebrity cameo playing himself, it's going to relate to that. 
It sure is. Guys, this is a review show, and there will probably be spoilers like we even need to say that anymore. We'll try to avoid any major twists, definitely with Carnival Row and Dark Crystal, Age of Resistance. However, if you are concerned about spoilers with the G.I. Joe movie, then... Suck it up, Buttercup! (laughs) Nice. Uh, If it's not something you've seen, read, or listened to yet, then use your own discretion. We will provide the times for you guys uh, so you can skip ahead if you need to. Guys, what kind of news do we have this week? I just got one really quick thing. I didn't really even put it down. But I'm going to talk about it really briefly. We all know that Marvel is making the Eternals movie. They mentioned at D23, and it's been on the schedule for a while. (laughs) I I will not write it down. But we did. Uh, they did announce some of the casting for the Marvels for the Eternals movie, and I love oh. this casting. Okay, uh, who, who do we have? The, I have not re- seen this. One of the coolest costumes in the Avengers lore, and the Avengers in the eighties got a little weird. I mean, they had a character okay. named Gilgamesh, who was like an old Sumerian god, and mm-hmm. they of course had a character called the like Black Gozer. Knight. Uh, more, I think more caveman than anything. That uh, they had a character called the Black Knight. He had an awesome mm-hmm. costume. He had a cursed sword, and he was just mm-hmm. a very, very cool character. And he is—he was cast as or Kit Harrington was cast as the Black Knight. Yeah, so it's really, just sidestepping right. out of Game of Thrones, basically into a very similar role. But I am looking very forward to seeing the Black Knight costume on has it, the big screen. Has it been that long? Because that was actually announced weeks ago. Uh, it was a couple. It was about a week ago, but we have not recorded since. Oh, it's okay. news to Greg and news to me. Oh, yeah. I had opened it up for this episode. It was actually happened very early September, but it's you know, September 11th as we record now. And so it was about nine days ago that it was announced. But fair enough. Some people didn't know about it. Fair so enough. there. Go ahead. Yeah. I'm done. Thank I'm done. you. Moving on. Awesome. Rob, how about yourself? You got any news? So how about uh, I give a, a little news here real quick and then we will uh, jump right into that. Do it. Guys. Can you can you hear that? I can. No, it's it's not the Vanga bus. However, it is the hype train. <laughs> choo choo! I am officially jumping on this one. Um, I've mentioned it before. Robert Eggers' The Lighthouse, starring Willem Dafoe and your new Batman, Mister Robert Pattinson, has a new trailer ahead of its October eighteenth release date. This is officially my most anticipated release for the rest of the year. It's going to be amazing. If you've not seen the trailer, the new trailer for it, you should definitely check it out. Um, so that's, that's saying a lot because we've got a Star Wars movie later this year. Yeah, but you know how that's going to go. So awesome. check out the trailer for The Lighthouse. And uh, I, I haven't even seen a trailer for it yet. What's it about? The Lighthouse is the story of two men on a – it's just something like a mysterious island. It's it's not a, a fantasy movie. No. They share a tent? Yes. One um, of whom is a prostitute. The other one <laughs> is a businessman who pays for the prostitute, and they slowly fall in love. No. Uh, Robert Pattinson and Willem Dafoe are lighthouse keepers. Uh, cooped up in a lighthouse, of course, uh, what I can only assume is doing during a really bad storm and, uh, they drive, drive There's each other no way insane. that that doesn't end in frothy gay sex and I'm on board. Uh, you said it. 
and there's mm. nothing wrong with that. So yeah, nothing wrong with it at all. I'm I'm on board. Check it out. I will buy my ticket right now. I can't wait. Nice. No, it looks very moody, and I'm I love moody horror. Cool. Yeah, dark and dreary and naked and sweaty. Yeah, that also. Well, those lighthouses they get drafty. Mm-hmm. So. so is it time for snap decisions, guys? Oh, I think so. Snap decisions. Make it happen. Guys, I have a snap decision as posed by our friend, friend of the five, good friend of mine, Mr. Kerwin, has asked just kind of a general question. How do we feel about prequels? And let me give you guys a little bit of uh, something to to go on and maybe talk about here. On an article posted on Cracked.com, uh, not too long ago, some things that prequels um, do incorrectly, such as destroying continu- continuity for convenience, um, addressing questions no one had and don't really care about. Um, let's see, what else? Giving the villain a backstory that makes him less scary. That's a big one. Mm-hmm. Such as Leatherface. Nobody cares. But then there's Rogue One, which did a great job of it. made Darth Vader more terrifying so- than anything else. Okay, so how do you guys feel about and, prequels? And as yes, far Rob, as as far as prequels go, I thought Solo was pretty good as well. Mm-hmm. Okay, so go ahead, Rob. Well, I I do understand where it's coming from, mm-hmm. but I think it's more a a factor of lazy writing because you can hammer out a solid prequel a la Rogue One, or even Solo. I, and I know that Solo is yep. much maligned, but I really think that Solo was far better than what a lot of people gave it credit for. Oh, yeah. I and, certainly agree. And one of, like, just just as, oh, for instance, with the Solo with the Solo movie, they went back and actually addressed the big thing that a lot of nerds were talking about from the original trilogy about how the the Millennium Falcon made the Kessel run in under oh. 12 parsecs or whatever. Yeah, they did the, nerds are like, the nerds are like, well, you know, how can he make it under 12 parsecs? You know, a parsec is a unit of distance, not a unit of time, blah, 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 blah. Well, they went back and addressed and showed you how he did it and what they were talking about. And I was like, nerds oh, that's, wonder that's, why we want to beat them up all the time. That was freaking brilliant. And it was when they do, when they do stuff like that, I totally appreciate it. Now, granted, there have been a lot of prequels that are absolute garbage. Episode one. Um, and mm. and completely unnecessary and just stuff that we don't really need. And it's I, I really think it has to do with who you get to make the script. And it essentially, it boils down to how lazy the writing is, I think. I couldn't agree with yeah, you. Yeah, I'm, I'm you say, very Greg? much on the same page. That's going to be a little uninteresting. Mm-hmm. I like the prequels that are adjacent to the main movie where such as a rogue one. Yeah. Such as rogue one where you're not, you're not yeah. seeing the characters that are in the movie that is already popular because as you, Rob has said a couple times on this show, you don't feel fear because you know, they live. So if someone's like hanging off of right. a jet or something, you're like, well, okay, they're going to live. But I do like, he shows up in the next movie, so he can't. Uh... <laughs> but I do yeah. like 
some of the adjacent stuff. And I'm, I'm trying to think of one as you were talking, I was trying to think of one where it's like, you'll see someone, you'll learn who they are. And maybe then later on or sometime in the movie, you like, when you learn their name, they're like, Oh, that's the name that that building was named after in the later movie that we've already seen. Like, I don't want to see the prequels mm-hmm. of the characters we already know. Cause one, you either have to have an older character play a younger character, which never works out, or you have yeah. to get someone that kind of looks like them. And that never really works out. Um, except for solo, yeah. which I actually, or like. you have to, yeah. Or you have to de-age yeah. them. And that's, Depends on who does it. Sorry, no, 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 I'm stepping fine. on your feet. Uh, I but I do. I li- so as I was saying, I like prequels that are, one obviously have to be well written, which is kind of goes without saying. But mm-hmm. more adjacent than the direct story or a retelling of the story that you Got that it. doesn't need yeah. to be told, like they said. Right. I'll, uh, and 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 I know we keep coming back to it, but like Rogue One is the perfect example because it's adjacent to the uh-huh. story, but it was so well written, uh, so well written, and so engaging that you completely forgot that they talked about getting the plans at much personal cost or whatever, and mm-hmm. that you know very likely everyone dies, and at the end you're like, oh my god, they don't survive. Mm-hmm. What happened? And for some reason, I. Prequel wise, yeah. Spoiler. I'm, I'm thinking. I don't know why, but I'm thinking of like Silence of Lambs was great, and then they did some prequels to it. But I, I, or they was it Red Dragon? Is that a prequel? Yeah, that was a Hannibal so like, story. Yeah, mm-hmm. some of those type of things I actually kind of liked because for the most part, yeah, Red Dragon yeah, was like Hannibal decent. was in prison for the for most of Silence Ray of Lambs, Fine. and you got to know a little bit about why he was so feared, and that's okay. But there's other things right. where you where they're trying to nitpick every little thing and just explain it. And sometimes you don't need that. So that's my feeling. Right. Uh, so does that close Fair out enough. our prequel conversation or Jimmy, did you have an opinion? I have an Good. opinion, damn it. Um, so yeah, I, I guess, uh, I guess we all really pretty much have the same opinion on this. Um, this is why we do a podcast together. Um, I, I appreciate it more when it sets up an event or a, you know, it explains a war or an uprising, you know, uh, such as a Dark Crystal, Age of Resistance, or a Rogue One, which I think was the perfect prequel. Um, I did not think I was going to like Solo as much as I did, because I'm like, hey, Harrison Ford is Han Solo. Like, mm-hmm. this guy kind of looks like him, but ultimately I think it had, had really good writing and and that's it's a very what fun movie, by the way. That's one of those. So like, when I just want to oh, watch something, fun. I'll just throw that on. Yeah, yeah. Good call. And I don't but understand why it got so what, much hate because of all the people mm. pissed off about the movie, the movie that came out six months before. Mm. Yeah, they're trying to prove a point. But um, I always think it's weird when they cast somebody else as a younger actor, uh, a younger version of that character. Mm-hmm. So I generally stay away from those um, and knowing, hey, yeah, that already happened. They're going to live. They're going to be totally fine. But in the case of Rogue One, where it explains such a, you know, uh, such a huge event that took place, I can appreciate that. So I think it boils down for me, not to extend this anymore, but I think it does boil down to me is when I'm watching a movie, very rarely am I asking where did this come from or where did this person come from or what what brought them to this point but very frequently i am asking where do they go from here so i'd much prefer a sequel right but on the rare occasion that i am asking like wow that person seems to have an interesting backstory i'd like to see it that's when i'm like okay bring on the prequel yeah i i 
I, to close it out, I strongly disagree with prequels when <laughs> they kind of just keep going back in time instead of moving forward. Um, where like you have a prequel to Texas Chainsaw and it's like, oh, okay, now we know a little bit more about Leatherface. And then they're, they producers or, you know, they realize that, oh, hey, we made a decent amount of money on this. Let's go back a couple of years. Let's go back a couple, like, oh, that's such a weird backwards progression that yeah. nobody really needs or cares about. I don't need to know what happened to Leatherface at two years old, you know? <laughs> go forward. Jimmy, tell us about the Dark Crystal Age of Resistance. Yeah. Dun, dun, dun. So the Dark Crystal originally released in 1982 directed by the legendary Jim Henson and Frank Oz. I don't fucking believe I was five when I saw that movie. Yeah. As I saw it in the theater. The Dark Crystal Age of Resistance released on August 30th of this year is a prequel to that. So explaining the events that led up to the kind of overthrow and uprising um, against the sexies. Uh, this is adapted Sexies. by <laughs> Skexies. That's what I said. This is adapted by Jeffrey Addis and Will Matthews. It's premiered on Netflix. We've heard about this for a while, but it's finally out, and it is pretty fantastic, in in my opinion. And um, a prequel, by the way. Yeah. It features the vocal talents of Natalie Emanuel, Taryn Egerton, Mark Hamill, Simon Pegg, Keegan-Michael Key, Anya Taylor-Joy, and Lena Headey. And... I'd be remiss if I didn't mention the the puppeteers featured in this are Becky Henderson, Dave Chapman, Neil Sterenberg, Warwick Bronlow Pike, and Alice Dinian. Because without them, this would not be possible. No. I, I'm gonna I'll chime in here real quick if you guys don't mind. I will go talk for it. I want to talk a little bit just about the way it looks. And you mm -hmm. said you mentioned the reason I'm chiming in here is because you mentioned that we heard about it a while ago. Yeah, we did. And they were approached with basically two ways of doing this. Mm -hmm. One, computer animate it and make mm -hmm. it look like it was puppets, which is possible. Mm -hmm. Or two, do it the difficult way. And they said they decided to do the difficult way. And the end result is beautiful. Yes, it really is. And very, very much in line with the original movie. Yeah. And they do. There is a little bit of computer animation there, and it is perfectly done to where it's not overwhelming like yeah. little bits and pieces here and there like every so often you'll see like one of the puppets like tongues stick out and like you know because he's like oh you're you know, it's delicious or something like that and they'll do like a little thing and it's like okay that's computer animated you can't do that with a puppet mm -hmm. but it's not overwhelming definitely even it, it's a beautiful show to watch and worth yeah. the wait. yeah absolutely and if you're not someone who okay if you're not old like we are and and you haven't seen dark crystal then you can start here and um check out you know the the full story in the dark crystal it's uh let's see how to not spoil this so the sexies are a race of <laughs> bird-like cre uh, creatures who have come to thra and they have been tasked with um kind of safekeeping the the heart of the world the crystal of truth and wearing and, thongs and giving lap dances. Yeah. yeah. Um, they've 
they're aging, uh, though they'll, they're, they're very, very old beings and they have been draining the crystal of truth for a while to preserve their reign in their life. And really when it's no longer sufficient, they turn to another source for their essence. And those are the Gelflings, a mm-hmm. small, uh, native species. Native species, yes. Uh, resembling humans, um, with cold, dead eyes. Yeah, they're freaky. I never thought, th- I never liked the look of the Gelflings. Yeah, but uh, I. See, I, I liked the, I liked the look of the Gelflings. Um, mm-hmm. and I, I really think that they've done a fantastic job with this. The, it's, it's so very much in line with the original aesthetic of the movie. Oh, yeah. That, you could you could conceivably watch and and I think we should at some point, but you could conceivably watch the movie directly after this and not think anything is wrong. Mm-hmm. And you can you can do that because it, the movie is on Netflix right now as well. Oh, nice, is it? nice. Yeah, I, I actually have it on DVD. And and I will say that it did take me a little bit to get into the series. I I actually fell asleep during the first episode, but like two or three episodes in. And I'm locked in on the story. I'm like, this is great. And then like episode seven yeah. and eight, I meet my favorite character. Mm-hmm. Heretic is absolutely hilarious. Yeah. I, I, I love listening to him talk and the way that he interacts with his with his counterpart. It's mm-hmm. just hilarious Haru. to me to, watch, to listen to. Yeah. Um, Heretic is he's a he's a sexy, but he's a good sexy. <laughs> and. Like me, whereas the other ones are bad, sexy, like Rob. Yeah, Uh, sexy time is a is a mystic. Um, so Ergo, this is is it Ergo? I oh, Ergo is Ergo the Wanderer, right? And the Oru is Ergo's race, right? No, Ergo is a mystic. It's the mystics and the Skeksis, right? The sexies. (laughs) <laughs> and then you've got the podlings, uh, who are kind of the comic relief, aside from Heretic. Yeah. So, so the, and, let's, and the before, Gelflings, while we're talking the, about the podlings, the sure. The podlings are just these adorable little kind of they're they kind of remind me of the Doozers from Fraggle Rock. Since this yeah. is a hen, if you guys a don't lot. know, mm-hmm. this is a Henson production. Yes. And I'm going to talk a little bit about Jim Henson in a bit. But the podlings are it's kind of like Doozers. They're I would say a lower class, but they're they're the comic relief. They and they're filthy little creatures so one of like the the holidays or celebrations they do is like podling cleaning day (laughs) yeah and all of the the gelflings are like and they have to like clean them and there's and they have bubbles everywhere and it's just a really cute little sequence and at one point you see a a little naked podling like scattering about with this little like podling but it's ridiculously cute and it was at that point that i was like okay you really have the feeling of the original because it happens in the first couple episodes maybe episode three or something yeah pretty early on yeah, and I was like, okay, you really have the because it it's it's dark at times, but it has a, mm-hmm. a little bit of cuteness every once in a while. So, Rob, you talked about it's it's consistently consistently consistency with the Dark Crystal, the feature film from nineteen eighty two, and how well um, really holding true to the aesthetic. Yeah, and there's I I think one of the big reasons for that is the involvement of Brian and Wendy Frude. Or mm-hmm. Frode, I, I'm probably saying it wrong. Uh, Brian, that's Brian and Frude. Wendy. Sexy? No, oh. 
that's how they got Toby, but uh. we'll talk about that in a second. <laughs> uh, Brian, he wow. wrote, because I'm going to frown, I'm just going to say he illustrated the uh, world of the Dark Crystal and provided the concept work for the Dark Crystal. So, you know, his influence is there. His wife, Wendy, is a, a puppet builder. So they're both directly involved with this film. And their son, Toby, is a design supervisor on the series. Now, you remind me of the babe. Which babe? The babe with power. What power? The power of hoodoo. Hoodoo? Voodoo. Do what? Remind me of the babe? The baby from Labyrinth is Toby Froud, the son of Brian and Wendy Froud, and he is a design supervisor on the film. Very cool. So, yeah, this is this is a labor of love. I mean, a lot of the people are still involved. A lot of the same people are still involved. I mean, it's just beautiful, and and it's it's a world that I wish uh, and I hope to see as a themed attraction somewhere because I would love to wander around inside of it. Nice. Yeah, I think. I would like to point out that I was guessing at most of those lines because I didn't remember that song word for word. It I still have no idea what that not. I think that the imagination behind this show is great. Um, the creatures mm -hmm. are very well designed. The Skeksis is what they're actually called, by the way. The Sexies. Yes. Uh, they're based mm -hmm. on turkey vultures, which we in Florida see all the time. The mm -hmm. um, the the lock creature, just a lot of the the vehicles, the they're just very well designed. And... And even the movement, like the way the Skeksis walk and mm -hmm. move around, is all it, it it just reminds me so much of yeah. the movie. Oh yeah, Hunter. Well, he's, not so much. Not so much. Well, Hunter, Hunter scares me every time yeah. he's on screen. He's he's so much more mobile and agile than the other Skeksis. Mm -hmm. But you know, watching the other Skeksis kind of lumber around from side to side, and it's like oh, those freaking things like that ate him were so unsettling. That like like the oh pit the little with the, mushroom, the little, little plant the, pit. yeah yeah gob. Gobblers or yeah, gobblers. I did want to talk a little bit about the Jim Henson book, which I know I've mentioned on the show a few times. I think it was one of my favorite books the first year we did our top fifty. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of talk about the original Dark Crystal in here, in that book, and one of the one of the sequences they of course talk about is the banquet sequence, which Jim Henson had a thing where he wanted everything to be grosser and more and more and more and longer, and just it was he thought it was hilarious that sequence and. Apparently, I saw that movie when I was five because I did see it in the theater. Mm -hmm. And that as, movie, as did I, and I actually made my dad leave the theater. <laughs> it was terrifying. It was very terrifying, especially that sequence because they're eating live things and there's eyeballs rolling around and there's all sorts of weird stuff. So, one, even if you do, if you don't know anything about Dark Crystal, and you're like, oh, this looks like something fun for kids. It's probably for a little older kids. Yeah, but beyond that, he wanted that sequence to be long, long, long. And even when I watch it today, I'm like, okay, this is way too long. I think it ends up at like 20 minutes or so. This like sequence of these things eating grossly. Maybe it's a little short, but it was, it was written as like 30 minutes long. This film, it does have sequences like that, which harken back to that, but it definitely has a more modern sensibility mm -hmm. where it do, they do shorten things. But at the same time, and I like this, I really do, but the frenetic energy involved in it I can't binge this like I binge other things because it's sort of exhausting at times. Fair enough. But it doesn't mean I don't yeah, like it. It can be. I, I happen to enjoy it. I look forward to watching it every night, but I'm watching one episode. Um, some of the more mellow episodes, okay, it's fine, but there is a, there's a little bit of frenetic kind of Muppet energy that, that you're like, okay, I got to go to sleep now. <laughs> but 
as you said, it's it's very well done and it's very it's well written. Uh, mm-hmm. I think the the Skeksis uh, are some of the more evil characters we've seen on TV in a long time, or seen on streaming or movies a long time. They're okay. they're sort of disgusting. I and I think they're not very nice. I think they're very mean to the poor sweet little gelflings. Not cool. I think that is a fair assessment. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, what do you guys have to, to close that out? Is there any other parts of this that you'd like to cover? Um, you know, without giving without giving it away, I would definitely say check it out. If you were a fan of the movie, or if you remembered the movie and it kind of hit that nostalgia button for you, definitely check out the TV series beca- or the the Netflix series because it is very much in line with the original, and they've mm-hmm. they've done such a great job in in keeping it true to the original work and basically telling a doing a decent job of telling a prequel story which we had complained about earlier in the episode mm-hmm. doing a good job of telling a prequel story without effing it up yeah yep 30 something out. years later 30 mm-hmm. plus almost 4 years later that'd be a good question for us at some point doing top 5 sequels that came many many years later kind of interesting so we're going to move on from dark crystal and we're going to move to another fantasy show that debuted, I believe, the same day, or at least the same week, Carnival Row on Amazon Prime. And I knew very little about this until Rob mentioned it to me. He said, I'm looking forward to seeing this movie, so or this uh-huh. streaming show. Go ahead. And and I got to say that I I really enjoyed it. I mean, I binge watched the whole thing. Uh, it was it was far easier for me to binge watch, like, like Greg was saying. This was far easier for me to binge watch than than dark crystal was mm-hmm. but basically carnival row is a is a i guess you would say victorian set almost like crime detective series mm-hmm. but with fairy tale creatures yeah so you've got things like fairies you've got things like um uh what what would you call them they're like satyrs but they're they're called pucks i guess in the which is uh, I think that's another name for it. But yeah, it's the same general idea as a satyr. Yeah. So you've got all kinds of like fairy tale creatures and mainly it's the fairies and the, and the pucks. But there, there was a war in the fairies homeland because two warring factions decided they wanted their resources. Mm -hmm. The land was devastated. One of the, one of the factions pulled out and the, and basically the fairies' homeland was obliterated. So the fairies have have tried to seek asylum elsewhere. Um there's there's a lot, a lot of uh I guess slavery connotation involved with it. Yeah, there's um, a lot of it I'm saying racism and all that, but it's made up words like for the fairies. Like they 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 the humans of the world don't ever refer to any of the fairy tale creatures using their names or anything like that. It's always I forget, polite words. Yeah. Um, and there's definitely a, a little bit of like a post civil war, like, okay, this group of people has now moved into our area. How do they fit in? Right now? Good. Um, so we, we join the story basically centers on one of the fairies and her relationship with, a human and you know i don't want to i don't want to give too much away but they they their love is forbidden the fa- because the he's fairy a human is she's a, a fairy Cara Delevingne, or yeah Cara Delevingne. she was she was in uh, suicide squad she's been in a bunch of stuff as well and then orlando bloom 
is the human. Yeah, who was in a dream that Rob had last night. He was. He was super dreamy. A shared dream. It was a shared dream. Yeah, Jimmy was also there, also having the same dream. It was weird. And Jared Harris, who is a fantastic actor, I know him from Mad Men, and uh, Tamsin Merchant, and a couple, and many other people, but those are some of the bigger names in the show. Mm -hmm. Now, you, you mentioned it was kind of a crime story. Right. And... And it is. It is. It is. There's murders happening amongst both humans and fairy tale creatures. I keep on wanting to say fae, but that's more because I've talked to you quite a bit about. Well, but that the, that's what they call themselves too. Okay, so the I'm not making that up. I thought, yeah, fae folk they call themselves. Okay. So there's there's a murder thing. Anytime you see like a Victorian era look, this has some steampunk elements. But anytime mm -hmm. you see that and you see murder, like my mind immediately goes to Jack the Ripper those kind of right. stories and those type of killers. There is a little bit of a creature aspect to it that was both interesting and disappointing on my end. Um, cause I, I like the true crime aspect of it and the, I like the crime solving aspect of things. Okay. Uh, again, liked it. So I'm, I'm playing a little bit of devil's advocate here. So it was, mm -hmm. that, that was interesting. I actually felt the most interesting story and I don't know why I was drawn to it was, the the rich girl and her brother who lost all their money and mm -hmm. her relationship with the puck. And I don't know why. That was the part I was always right. more riveted towards. And it wasn't just because both she and he were naked a lot. And I actually rooted for them to get together too. Right? Like I was, it was weird. <laughs> but it's weird because it didn't really, it played a little bit of a part with the rest of the story, but it didn't. But I think I know where it's going. Mm -hmm. So I guess since I wasn't expecting to talk about this part now, but I think we are going to look back, because this was picked up for season two. I think we're going to look back. And while this was good, it was beautiful. By the way, I really want to go to Prague, because that's where it was shot on location in Prague, and it's just it's, it was beautiful settings. Um, oh, nice. I think we're going to look back, and if this has many seasons, or several seasons, this is going to be the worst of the seasons, not because it's bad. Because I think that they they were still feeling out the characters. There was There were times where things seemed very uneven, like... Like the Orlando Bloom, Cara Delevingne, or the, I don't remember their names right now, but the, the two main characters, like she disappeared for like three episodes, but you, but they advertised right. it as if she was a major character. There was some, there was political intrigue. There was a lot of stuff. There was a lot of setup, but I think to some extent we're going to look back and be like, okay, it was a good intro season, but man, things really started getting crazy season two. Just my, just my feeling from watching it. I, I'm a little bit concerned as to where it will actually go from here because i think you're i th think they're setting themselves up for losing the the crime aspect of it and it's going to be more of a of a uh, slavery allegory if you will or a war and and uh get it getting out from under the well but it it's gonna end up being like a race war um but getting out from under the oppression mm -hmm. I mean, you're looking at, you're looking at basically a civil war type event coming up. So, but the, the crime aspect is actually going to end up being dropped because they solve the crime and then they've got nothing really bordering on, you know, what comes up next other than, other than solving what happened and what put them here in the first place. Mm -hmm. But, you know, the corruption in the, in the, um, what do they call it? The Congress, the council, the, was it council? I, I don't even know the Senate. Yeah. Council, sure. Um, other than revealing the corruption involved in the council, uh, I mean, I, I don't, 
really know where they're going to go with it from mm-hmm. from here as far as being able to continue with the almost like the true crime feel of yeah. of the well, you definitely have the 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 fairy creatures which of course the fairy tale creatures got kind of pushed to their own part of town which is disheveled right that's how it kind of they're in their own fairy tale creature concentration yeah. camp at this point and but we have of course the one relationship with two well-known people in the society that are one you know one's fairy tale one's human so I'm wondering if that's why they spent spent so much time on that conversation on those characters because they might end up being the the leaders the leaders the of the or the trying to blend everything back together kind of thing mm-hmm. because her the the kid's family was very well known it was they had lost all their money but the 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 brother and sister not the ones that were sleeping together speaking of mm-hmm. Game of Thrones stuff but I think that they might have something to do with that. I don't know. I think it could be interesting. It was picked up for season two, like I said. Oh, I will definitely check it out when it comes out. Okay, guys, you can watch Carnival Row on Amazon Prime. You can watch uh, Dark Crystal Age of Resistance on Netflix. And you can watch G.I. Joe the movie with me anytime. Because that is what we're talking about now. G.I. Joe the movie, 1987, directed by Don Jerwich. Featuring Don Johnson, Peter Cullen, Burgess Meredith, Christopher Latta, and Sergeant Slaughter, amongst many, many other voice actors that have uh, probably some of us, some of them have left us. Real quick, I just like to give you my. What's up, man? Would you stop saying that? (laughs) So, real quick, my background with this movie. Mm -hmm. This is, of course, in the era before there was the internet, as we've talked about a lot on this. So we didn't really know any of the behind the scenes stuff of what was going on. All I knew is that I got home from school one day, turned on the TV, and there was this crazy new G.I. Joe thing with new characters that I had, had that I'd seen the toys of. And it was a five part series playing throughout the week. And each episode was crazier than the last one. And I remember being so scared I was going to miss some of it. And some of my buddies that were also G.I. Joe fans, we would like, we were like, what? Like, what? Cobra Commander's a snake and this and that. And it was just craziness. So I watched it. I forgot about it for several years. When I started working at Blockbuster, I got that big book, Rob, which I'm sure you remember, the big book of movies and shit that you can order. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I looked and G.I. Joe the movie was like $120. <laughs> I was like, crap <laughs> like wow. it was back when everything was really expensive like you oh, know and like they didn't have the straight to video releases and then i waited a few years and i just happened to be in a store and they rhino that they release older movies and tv shows they released it picked it up and it was as batshit crazy as i remember and i love yeah it. it is man i uh my my kind of story with this one i had been playing with judges for years um a little bit younger than you guys so I mean, has to tell us that. No, I I don't mean that in a bad way, but my parents weren't going to let me watch <laughs> that. you, when Jimmy. I was, when I was three years old, yeah, I didn't see this until I was probably seven or eight, mm. and you know, this was long after I had already created identities and personalities for all these GI Joes that I saw in the movie. Uh, Falcon was probably the most noble of all of them. And and come to watch this movie and find out that he's a a, a total d bag. He's a dipshit. <laughs> he's a complete dipshit who ruins everything. 
And I, I don't think it really registered until I watched it recently that, holy shit, man, this really has some adult themes. Mm-hmm. It, it's not a kid's movie. Yeah, I, I got a I got a clip here, and this is okay. This was saved for later, but the, what is the very first word in the entire GI Joe the movie? Do you know the first spoken word? That would be manhole cobra. Nope, it is philanderers. Ah, I still don't really even know what that means. But here, here it is. Let me raise the volume here just a little bit. This may be louder than. Possess power greater than any on earth. Yet our conquests are stripped from us on every front. Our most dangerous enemy is not G.I. Joe, but your collective incompetence. Hogwash! What? Okay, so. Yeah. Hogwash. Yeah, so the, yeah, yeah, really the, fir- the first thing Cobra Commander mm-hmm. says is hogwash, but that was Serpentor, if you guys don't know. Serpentor. And if you don't know why the hell are you listening Coolest to us? Coolest toy. Very true. Coolest story. Yeah. So uh, this and, is and kids. I, I have to good. I have to point out that I think the first word is actually Cobra. If you count the intro song, that's true. I was, well, yeah. This, which is interesting. Another thing I was going to talk about here is the opening sequence. Actually, it's a song in a like a music video type sequence, but it's actually canon to the rest of the show. So the opening sequence is like this big action sequence set to music. But the reason Serpentor is all pissed off there and got hit, has his uh, snake undies in a bunch is uh, because they get their asses handed to them while they're trying to do something to the Statue of Liberty. Um, I guess the statue. A bomb. Yeah, they're trying to blow up the Statue of Liberty because it was like it. In, this was supposed to come out in 1986, and that's when they were doing all the Statue of Liberty like celebrations. So they thought it would be like a cool idea to tie that in, but it got postponed to 87, and it made slightly less sense. That is why Serpentor is all pissy. You're right. It's not. It's like it. It has some really adult themes. It didn't shy away from the military side of stuff, except for when it did completely batshit mm-hmm. crazy stuff, like <laughs> turning people into snakes and people riding vehicles the wrong way, laying down. Yeah, it was weird. Rob, your experience with GI Joe? Did you watch the show? Did you watch this movie when it originally aired? Um, I don't know if I watched it when it originally aired, but I do remember watching it on television. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I watched it originally, but yes. Gotcha. Uh, we mentioned the opening sequence. It was awesome. It's, it totally drags you in. The song is awesome. I was singing it all day after I watched it. Um, and G.I. Joe started off being like really, we, as if you probably have listened to our episode where we interviewed Kirk Bazigian of G.I. Joe fame. And he talked about how G.I. Joe went from very military-based toys to more sci-fi elements. And in this case, it really like biology based elements because this introduced Globulus and who was a organic snake person that kind of looked like a carrot toy wise. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And spores and like these plant things. And basically the, the, in, it starts off with the BET, which stands for what? <laughs> Black Entertainment Television. Exactly. Yes. Yeah, the BET. Which is actually the Broadcast Energy Transmitter, which is... Yes, so wireless charging. Wire, yep, there it is, wireless charging. <laughs> which is funny, because yeah. uh, Rob actually, I believe, said that too. It's like, he's like, oh, it's before it's time. So basically, wireless yeah. charging. It's a big device that could send energy to places. Cobra attacks, they want it because they want to use it to 
make these spores that are being launched into space bloom like the mango tree in my backyard. Uh, You're welcome. Yeah. Um, I did that for you. So they want that. Of course, they fail the first time because it's Cobra and that's what happens. And then these random snake people show up. They like they have these awesome weapons that are really animals. And they it turns out that Cobra Commander was not really a man, even though he says he was a man. He was a scientist for this group of people, something that had never been mentioned in the first five years of the show at all. Yeah. Or was n- never, ever mentioned in the comic book before or after or during this or in the movies or on the toy card. But apparently Cobra Commander was a scientist, disfigured himself, put on a silver mask, and then eventually gets turned into a snake because he was because he pissed off the wrong people for, for failing. It was pretty crazy. Oh, yeah. Which as a kid, you don't realize how weird it is. <laughs> No, I was just kind of like, oh, cool, there's the guy, there's the basketball guy who refers to himself in the third person all the time. And only talks in sports references. Yeah, uh, but seeing it now, it's it's really fucking weird. Knowing all of us obviously know military-related people, and if anybody in the military was like, I gotta have a shtick, like, I really like basketball, so I'm gonna be the basketball grenade-throwing guy. It would take approximately 10 seconds for some drill instructor to get you out of that mindset real quick. <laughs> mm-hmm. like, unless you're Chuckles who can't communicate. Yeah, <laughs> Chuckles. And just Chuckles pulls who, missiles off the, side of the, off the side of the vehicle and throws them at the tank while wearing like, a flowered shirt. Yeah. A la Magnum P.I. Mm-hmm. And has literally no lines. Yeah. That, was the weird, that was the worst toy in that line. Because when that line came out, that was when I was like, I actually had chuckles. I did not buy him because he came with nothing. He came with a handgun. <laughs> All of the other dudes, the dude in that series that came with a goddamn alligator. And then you could get one with an alligator. There was a guy, there was Jinx who had like all sorts of swords and stuff. Mm-hmm. He had Law I and had Order. Jinx the, too. Yeah. With Law and Order, of course, Law being the main guy, Order being the, the German Shepherd. And then we had Chuckles, mm-hmm. which was a dude in a flowered shirt with a handgun. Basically, Don Johnson or Magnum PI. And exactly. don't forget Tunnel Rat. Yeah, of course. Can't forget Tunnel Rat. Very weird cast of characters. Now, this movie was supposed to be released in theaters. Mm-hmm. And you, it was not because of two very high-profile bombs that that happened involving animated movies by the same studio. The Transformers movie, which bombed, unfortunately. Yeah. Although, has had a resurgent in later years and the My Little Pony movie, which didn't do very well either. So they couldn't take three hits financially. Um, but as a result of this movie being made for theaters, we actually had a pretty decent voice cast of uh, some of which two, one being Burgess Meredith, who was, mm-hmm. uh, who of course we know from Rocky and Don Hoffman, speaking of Miami Vice and, I always thought it was very weird that Burgess Meredith was in there because, you know, he was already old back then and they like have it advertised as a full screen thing. But apparently Burgess Meredith was in the original G.I. Joe movie in 1945, which is why they had him in there. Really? Yeah, he was. So he was he was in the 1945 movie, The Story of G.I. Joe. I don't know who he played, but he was in there. Uh, The other weird thing about that is, of course, as I said, he was played Rocky's trainer. There was supposed to be a action figure for Rocky. And it didn't happen. 
So instead of Rocky Balboa, they made a Cobra trainer named Big Boa, who used the Rocky body, but a cool, like, Cylon-looking head. And it, that came out around the same time. So there was something that there with Rocky and Burgess Meredith and all that stuff. Um, so what did you guys think about the change from the whole military thing to crazy spores turning people into mutants? <laughs> Go ahead, Rob. <laughs> um, it, interesting. Um, I, I mean, at this point, the 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 Cold War was still in full swing, and they mm-hmm. were they were still very much worried about chemical warfare, and I think that's kind of where this came from. Uh... but yeah, it was uh, super interesting, and and uh, watching Cobra Commander turn into the snake was oh, that was, was terrifying. Yeah, yeah, and and kind of funny all at the same time. Yeah, was the man? Was the man? Yes, Kirk told us. Oh, sorry. It was Good. no. I was just gonna say it was scary when I saw it. Seeing those know, humans like de-evolve when they were showing I mean, what the spores would do it was actually pretty scary. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it freaked me out. As as Kirk said, like some of the times that they would put these things into movies or into the TV shows, they were basically wiping clean the old toy line. So that pe- people would have more room to buy the new toy line, but this was a big time wiping, like you know, actual green tanks and jeeps and things that really would look on good on the battlefield to snake people and you know helicopters that are made out of tentacles and stuff is a, is a big big switch. Mm-hmm. The other big thing that happened here is the and I'm putting in qu- air quotes the death of Duke. Which, oh boy! Did that freak you out as a kid when you first? Or I mean, you had seen it later, but yeah, no. As, seeing it when I was younger, I was like, "Holy shit! Uh-huh. Somebody died in a cartoon." Yeah, that I freaked my, me out. Yeah. My childhood was already wrecked. At, yeah, at this point, because of Optimus Prime, that is true, and that is why when they killed Optimus Prime in the first five minutes of the cartoon, I was like, "What?" Uh-huh. <laughs> And because of that, kids freaked out so much that Optimus Prime died that they had to put a very weird scene at the end of this movie. So Duke gets hit with a snake from Serpentor that turns into a spear, throws it, hits him. He falls down. He says some things, I think, to Falcon, and then very clearly dies on screen. If you watch, they they changed it a little bit, but if you watch, he dies. And then at the end of the movie, they're like, they mm-hmm. win finally. Of course, yeah, no spoilers there. It's G.I. Joe wins. Uh, they win, and someone comes in and is like, and Duke's out of a coma. And you're like, wait, what? <laughs> well, when when he gets the snake spear to the chest and he dies, one of the characters, I can't remember who it is, goes, oh, sorry, Falcon, mm-hmm. he's fallen into a coma. I'm like, no, he's fucking dead. He's got a hole now, in his chest. Now, Jimmy, a I know you've threatened my life him. quite a bit. Um, I would like to know when you finally do it. Mm-hmm. I would like it to be with a snake thrown through my chest. Yeah. I mean, if that's how you want it done, that's kind of I mean, weird. But It would okay. fulfill my childhood dreams. So many other ways. Well, then I'm, I'm not going to give you the pleasure of that. Yeah, yeah I am a monster. Monster is going to... No, drill a hole in your head and fill it with that's what your battery, battery acid jeffrey Dahmer used to do 
This got dark. There's been one that's like uh, potato. Some like seven year old out there listening to us. Like I love GI Joe. <laughs> now we're talking about Jeffrey Dahmer. Oh my god! Uh, one of the things I, I I loved about this was just the constant. And we made jokes about Cobra Commander being turned into a snake. The constant uh, screaming of Cobra Commander, mm-hmm. as voiced by the wonderful Chris Latta, who who passed away not too far after voicing this of a I believe a brain aneurysm or some some uh, disease, but. I feel like I, we need a little bit of Cobra Commander in this episode, so. Hit it. Lies, lies, lies. No, I could have been it in really such a good death metal band. And like, yeah. I didn't realize the sound effects in this show would bring me back so much. Like, I don't know how they made some of those sound effects in the pre-computer era, but I actually thought the music and sound effects were really good in this. And I kind of wish I could just find a pack of those because this podcast would be full of G.I. Joe sound effects. So we talked about Duke, came back because of, of other stuff. Um, I guess that's really that covers it. Is there anything else you guys would like to uh, talk about? We, we didn't cover the badass that is uh, Nemesis Enforcer. Oh, I have that highlighted on my notes and I was just looking at him on eBay. Um, I can't remember that. Galabulous, Nemesis Enforcer, and a Royal Guard came in a three-pack. All I can remember is having Galabulous and Nemesis Enforcer. I think maybe the Royal Guard was the guy always put in the dirt jail when I was digging <laughs> holes in my front yard. That's what but... he calls his butt. <laughs> <laughs> that's, uh, that's 100% true. But Nemesis oh, Enforcer God. was one of my favorite figures. I don't know that's the right how. sound effect, but yeah, Nemesis Enforcer yeah. was awesome. The the sh- the elbow blades that apparently were strong yeah, enough to open up like foot thick steel mm-hmm. was one of the coolest weapons that has really never been copied. Like you, know, you have like claws and like oh Wolverine has it and Vega has it, but I've not seen the elbow blades and since then in any other form of media. And I think yeah, they. Died with Nemesis Enforcer. Yeah. Oh, we didn't talk about something very important. Mm-hmm. Sergeant Slaughter and Slaughter's mm-hmm. Marauders. I think that's why Rob's upset with us. Rob, what would you like to say about Take Sergeant Take it Slaughter? away, Rob. Yeah. Well, th- this was one of the first ones that I can remember where a character from something else, namely WWF, actually found a foothold in another franchise and they basically just poured it over the character. And and I don't know what was involved with that, whether or not they had to get permission from the WWF to use, to use that, or if they had to get permission from Sergeant Slaughter himself. I mean, I know that they actually brought him in to do the voiceover and whatnot, but I, very interesting that they actually just completely poured it over a character from another property and just incorporated it into their, into their show. And one of the interesting things about that was, is I actually knew Sergeant Slaughter from GI Joe before I knew him from wrestling because I wasn't really, allowed, I wasn't allowed to watch wrestling back then. So it was like, yeah, same here. So it's like, oh there was GI Joe. And then I saw him on wrestling. And I'm like, Oh, they made a GI Joe. They made a wrestling guy out of that GI Joe character, which That's was completely back. Oh yeah. Yeah. So that we got that. These I actually like the Slaughter's Marauders quite a bit. I do. I liked their little backstory about the one of them being a, oh, they a were Cobra fun, Viper. Yeah. 
I did. How, how racist was the? Uh, yeah, the the what's the naming for the slaughters marauders? Yeah, like that. Yeah, that, that's something we've really got to cover. Now, since we've been doing all these '80s movies and, in this case, TV show, well, none of us are outraged by any of this stuff. Really, it has been very interesting to seeing just how racially problematic, and in some cases, sexually problematic, that a lot of these things have been. Every single thing we've watched, not on purpose, mind you. So yeah, as Rob was saying, there is the the Slaughter Marauder character that has an offensive to uh, Native Americans name. The as Jimmy was talking about the basketball player who spoke in jive and only said sports things, and it was fair. It's just looking back, you're like, they really should have tried a little harder mm. on that stuff, or not as hard. Yeah, I, maybe they <laughs> maybe they tried a little too hard. Yeah, and like even like. I mentioned the sexually inappropriate stuff like Falcon and Jinx is like where he's like smacking her on the butt during a training session and like, hey, toots. Yeah, I went out on a date, but, you know, see me later. <laughs> God, really? This is for kids? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, some of that made me uncomfortable. <laughs> like, oh, man. Yeah. But uh, I think it's a fun watch. And I think it does not hold up whatsoever. But no. for nostalgia purposes and just sheer audacity. I would actually suggest it still. Like, mm-hmm. I have to watch it again because my, my kid, as Rob knows, fell asleep almost immediately <laughs> after watching. <But laughs> yeah, it wasn't he did. because of it. it was probably a good thing. No, it wasn't because of the movie. He had been, he had been like running around with his friend all day. Um, mm. so he started it and I, I think he was asleep before. I think he was asleep before the broadcast energy transmitter even fell into the wrong hands. Mm-hmm. I think he was asleep before the opening credits finished. The song? I think he was asleep before the song That's finished. Possible. Yeah. What about you guys? What do you think? Doesn't hold up all that great, though the animation, pretty good. Uh, definitely a step, uh, a step above the, you know, anime style where it just kind of holds on the same thing and their mouth oh. moves. Yeah. Yeah, but... um a fun watch for, for nostalgia purposes. If you don't know anything about G.I. Joe or the figures, if you never collected any of them, it's not going to make a whole lot of sense at all to you. <laughs> like, why is this basketball guy doing these weird training exercises? Why is that hell? karate guy not wearing shoes in the middle of a battlefield? <laughs> yeah. Um, but it was, it was pretty neat to see the, the figures that I, I played with. And like I said, given all these personalities to, to, to see them in a movie. And it's especially weird now to see how adult some of those situations were, but definitely worth a watch. But, uh, maybe it is a good thing if your children fall asleep before the end of the opening credits. Yeah. <laughs> Rob, what you got? It, enjoyable from the nostalgia aspect of, of things it it doesn't really hold up like we talked about some of the some of the themes are kind of adult oriented it was it was a different time back in the 80s and <laughs> yeah people didn't quite understand military vehicles that's why you have people like chuckles riding on the back of a helicopter like literally yeah. wrapping his legs around the tail of a helicopter so that he can shoot people with his stupid handgun yeah yeah and you know some of it doesn't make sense and some of it's kind of ridiculous, but you know it's it's all in good fun. <laughs> I'm sure that's what every uh, that's what every sexual offender has said too. Wow, it did sell a lot of toys. That is not what every sexual offender has said. No, yeah, no. But you know, from the nostalgia 
factor, it was it was enjoyable to watch. Yeah. It certainly was far better than Robo Vampire. <laughs> we broke you, Jimmy. You're entitled to your opinion, sir. I know you guys are worried out there because we have talked about Cobra Commander turning into a snake. Oh, and hanging out with Roadblock the whole way, which was kind of a, a buddy cop, kind of a buddy yeah. comedy. I would actually watch uh, because. Roadblock lost his eyesight for a little while and needed to carry half snake Cobra Commander. The snake but, and the roadblock. But this movie did, I guess, not well on the theaters because it didn't come out. But they did release it on, <laughs> on <laughs> they did release it on video and they did release it on TV and it did pretty well. So the I believe the cartoon animation studio was called Sunbow that did this. They lost the rights soon thereafter or gave up the rights or whatever it was. I don't know the story, but. It got picked up by Deke, which is spelled D-I-C. It is not Dick Rob, not Dick. Yeah, not is. Dick cartoons. No, <laughs> Dick They're Rob. Dead. It's <laughs> it's Deke. Okay, they said it at the end of the thing because they were like, okay, everyone's going to think our name is Dick, so it's a Deke. So it was Deke. They did do a mini series, which I never saw, called Operation Dragonfire, which the Baroness went and found Snake Cobra Commander and turned him back into a human being. Really? So not a. Not only was he a man, do it, Jimmy. Was a man. Thank you. Rob did it better than I did. Oh, sorry. Do it, Rob. Was a man. See, that was him doing that was pretty it, good. not that me, sir. Uh, he was a man, but now he is a man yet again. Good job, Baroness. Yay, Baroness. Well, guys, it's that time. It is time for the Give Me Five question of the week. Mm-hmm. This one I actually thought was going to be a little easier than it ended up being for me. Because the question is, we're going to talk about celebrity guest appearances playing themselves, which is the, a part that Rob kind of mentioned. Mm-hmm. But I added in cartoons. Not playing because, with themselves. No, not mean? playing with themselves in cartoons. That'd, mm-hmm. be, that'd be a different episode. So it's celebrity guest appearances in cartoons playing themselves. Now, this is a little challenging because there were a few that I put on my list that it turned out that it was not them. Yep. So... Great job. Let me go ahead and set the stage here. I'll go with my list first. Big surprise. My number five is going to be Sergeant Slaughter playing himself in the G.I. Joe movie. My number four are going to be the Red Hot Chili Peppers from the video inspired by the movie Beavis and Butthead Do America, and that was for Love Roller Coaster. Number three, also the Red Hot Chili Peppers playing themselves on The Simpsons. My number two, I can't believe you're not writing this down right now, Greg, is Mr. Glenn Danzig himself on Aqua Teen Hunger Force. (laughs) I actually forgot about that completely. Number one, Mr. Timmy Capello, our friend as himself on the video for Dark All Day by Gunship. That's a good one I forgot as well. Yeah. I did very poorly on this one. I so did as did. well. So so poorly well, that, right. that I'm making Rob go next. <laughs> so I can finish. Alright. <laughs> well at number at number six. Okay. I'm go I'm going to put Sergeant Slaughter. And the reason he's number six is because technically Sergeant Slaughter wasn't really him. That was still a role that he was playing because it was a wrestling role who the same person who played the role actually just continued playing the same role for G.I. Joe. Mm. But 
I, I feel like it had to be on the list. So, so he's there at number six. At number five, I'm going to put Weird Al because I love Weird Al from Batman Brave and Bold. He actually played himself in the cartoon Batman Brave and the Bold. At number four, I'm probably going to list... This is kind of embarrassing because you guys know that I'm a big fan of Family Guy. Yeah, it was... But I, I got to put, put Ryan Reynolds in for from Family Guy. And then next is going to be Liam Neeson from the Family Guy episode because I loved that episode where, where Peter thinks he can beat Liam Neeson and Liam Neeson kind of kicks his ass. Um... And at number two, just just pick a Scooby Doo, any any one of the Scooby Scooby Doo had so many celebrities <laughs> guest star on Scooby Doo. I mean, you've got Abbott and Costello, you've got Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, you've got Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. You, I mean, there's there's a virtual like ten page list of people who guest starred on Scooby. Yeah, Sunny and Chair, all of them. Yeah, but my my number one. And he's not so much a cam. Well, okay. He did have a cameo in a cartoon by the name of Johnny Bravo, if you remember that yeah, one. Yeah. He also had kind of a cameo with a recurring role. He was really kind of more of a of a recurring character than a cameo. But Adam West. Adam West and Johnny Bravo and Adam West and Family Guy. I absolutely love Adam West playing Adam West. It's pretty great, yeah. So over the top, it's hilarious. Yeah, I don't, yeah. Adam West is, uh, he knew who he was, and he knew what he did well. <laughs> and he kept doing it. God bless you, Adam. Yep. Okay, so I, I'm torn here, because I, I, in my, my number one, I don't know if it actually exists, or if it's like a dream, like a good old, <laughs> like a fever, fever dream. dream. Sure. Why don't so, you start at the top? I feel like I'm very much inviting either Kerwin or or Jubals, or both of them to shame me. But we're going to go with uh, Mike Tyson in Mike Tyson's Mysteries, because it was so bizarre and yep. weird, mm-hmm. but actually pretty good. Now, see, I didn't I didn't include that because, and I was I was hesitant to include Adam West, but I got him in as, as a cameo in Johnny Bravo. But I, I thought we were doing cameos and not actual roles. Yeah, that, it was guest appearances, that, but he was there. We're good Okay. That. I'm sticking with it. Weird Al Yankovic okay. in Batman Brave and the Bold, which you mentioned. I believe Scooby-Doo is in that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, Scooby-Doo does play himself, but I guess that doesn't really matter. Oh, my God. Barry White on the Simpsons Whacking Day episode, where Barry White refuses to celebrate Whacking Day, which is a holiday in which you smack snakes with a bat, and he sings a song about it. Okay. Uh, Sergeant Slaughter, G.I. Joe the movie. You know, again, what you said is accurate, but he's my number two. Now, number one, I am 100% convinced that I saw an episode of Scooby-Doo that had the Ramones on it. Yeah, I, I believe you did. I can't find it anywhere other than a more recent version, which actually was made after most of the Ramones were dead. So I'm gonna go ahead and say the I know the Ramones did a chase song when there was like the the, the big chase thing. So I'm gonna go ahead and say the Ramones and or Kiss on Scooby Doo because that is actually how again those two bands were introduced to me back mm. in the 80s. And if I am wrong, I will accept accept my shame gleefully. So there you go. I feel like we're missing a ton. There's it, this one was hard because it's really you have to like boil it down to the cartoons you actually used to watch and then try to remember it. But guys, or who who did the spoiler? So you did the spoiler alert, Jimmy? Rob? Yes, I did. 
I, I do have one question. If the mis- if the mystery machine breaks down, who fixes it? This is going to be a bad joke, isn't it? Scooby-Doo. Scooby-Doo. God, nice. <laughs> he told a pterodactyl joke to two six-year-olds, and they, they made him leave the house. <laughs> Actually, the moms liked it and wanted their six-year-olds to remember it. It's true. It's true. So, Rob, how can people reach us? Well, Greg, as always... You can find us on Facebook by searching for the Give Me Five podcast. You can reach us on Twitter and Instagram at Give Me Five Pod, or you can email us direct at, uh, email us directly at Give Me Five Podcast at Gmail dot com. And as always, guys, please, please, please leave us a review on iTunes, uh, Podcoin, Castbox, whatever podcast app you're using. It really helps us show up. It helps other people find us, and it helps share the love. Now, we, of course, do have the store. We do. Which is uh, at gimme5podcast.threadless.com. Now, I am going to try my hardest, when this episode comes out, to put a brand new shirt in that store. It is going to be a G.I. Joe-themed shirt in honor of this episode. Ooh. But I I am still formatting it. Hopefully it'll be there. If not, it'll be there within the next couple of weeks. Guys, we have episode 100 coming up. We do. Next week is going to be a little bit of a different episode. We are going to celebrate our 100th episode with pizza. a clip show. Oh. Pizza? Oh, you're, there's going to be pizza? I'm not I'm buying, down for that. I'm buying myself pizza. <laughs> you agree. So we are going to have a little bit of fun going back through our 100 episodes. We are. I even have found some clips and pulled some clips from our unreleased episodes we're going to make fun of ourselves. There's going to be some surprises, I hope. And you have that to look forward to in a couple of weeks. So thanks Surprise. for listening, guys. Good morning, good afternoon, good night, and goodbye, horses. Yes! Cover Commander is always pissed off about something. Yeah, totally. I evacuate my bladder. <laughs> my girlfriend's probably like, what the hell is going on in what there? What the fuck is he doing? Guys, it's time for sinus medicine. <laughs> oh, boy. Well, I found the end tag of the episode. <laughs>